And I think confidence has, um, it's like the, the number one debilitator when you're entering a room, a networking event, uh, you know, go, going to like a birthday party of your wife's friends that you've never met before. And you're sitting there in the corner and you're all scared and nervous. I mean, there's so many attributes that, uh, that attribute to having a lack of confidence. So I guess going back to my original question, what was that transition like? And, and, and was it something that you had foreseen? No, I didn't foresee it. I had always enjoyed being on the stage. I'd always enjoyed performing for people, right? There's something about public speaking that I got to watch my father, who's an amazing orator and who was a politician for a very long time, uh, um, chief of police in Atlanta for uh, many years, um, and just someone who is now an ordained minister and like just public speaking was something that was it's in my blood my mom was one of the first 200 people to start up cnn right as wow. an anchor woman and so i got to play on the set so the lights and the cameras and the politics and the the pomp and the circumstance were nothing outside of uh um normal for me but the big transition for me really came from recognizing in the most Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad way, right? The classic banger was recognizing, oh, even at the height of my American Idol fame, even at the height of portraying Lil Sweet in the Dr. Pepper commercials, at the height of Broadway for me, which is something that's still going, I am just an employee. I'm a well-paid employee, but I am an employee. And I did not get that because as an entertainer, you think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm making more than enough money to live. Uh, you know, I've got this great job and, and I, I go from job to job to job and like, I'm doing it. You know, I've made it right. I've, I American Idol. Hey, I made it, you know, a Broadway, I've made it television commercials. I made it. But what I didn't know and what made that really the catalyst for the transition for me was, oh, I'm just an employee and I'm always going to be an employee and I'm always going to be at the mercy of someone giving me a job. I mean, and that's for an entertainer, for an actor, singer, dancer, what for a creative, that's our plight, right? You know, they don't say starving artists for nothing because we're constantly, the majority of us at the beck and call of those upon high who have the jobs that we want. And so from there, following um, the cash flow quadrant <laughs> that, that uh, Kiyosaki puts down, I was like, oh, I can go from being an employee to a self-employed person. And that's where the entrepreneurial spirit started to hit me. And um, that was where I dove in. It happened when I was 40. I'm 42 now. And it really became apparent that I needed to create something for myself that went beyond me asking other people for a job and that leveraged the amount of experience that I had had at such a high level and that I've had over the past 20 years that has value. I did not understand my value in the marketplace. And once I started to understand that, and that's, that's every entrepreneur's journey, right? You understand your value and then you, you have to figure out how to communicate that value to the marketplace and how to meet people where they are so that you can guide them down the path to serving them at the highest level. That's phenomenal. So you have essentially created these systems based on, uh, I guess, your, your, you know, in the trenches experience and, and cultivated it uh, into this 
working protocol that helps enable people to do what specifically outside of the realm of confidence um what what is it what is it that your programs help people achieve well when we look at the word confidence for example and we break that word down the english root word of confidence is confide which means to trust right and so when we think about trust and we think about confidence and self-confidence self-trust it all boils down to, do I trust myself enough to be who I must be, to do what I must do so that I can have what I desire? And be, do, have is nothing new, right? That there's uh, thousands of books written on that basic formula of be, do, have. But what's interesting, especially in America, is that we have that formula backwards more often than not. We think, okay, what, what do I need to have in order to do what it is that I need to do in order to be who it is that I want to be, right? So let's take money, for example. You know, oh, I need to have $100,000 a year. I need to have this X amount of money so that I can do the things that I want to do with my family, do the things that I want to do in my business, so that I can be successful, so that I can be a good partner. And it's a model that a lot of people will follow. And it works, right? What do I have to have? Here's all the things. That, but it's inefficient. Whereas if we flip that and go back to be, do, have, one of the greatest questions that I ever heard that completely changed and is still working on me and still informing the decisions I make is who do I need to become in order to have this thing that I desire? Who do I need to become? Because as Einstein said, man cannot solve a problem at the same thinking level of thinking that he created the problem with. You must become someone different in order to have a different body, in order to have a different relationship, in order to have a different spiritual connection, and in order to have a different business. So coming back down to confidence, when we think of trusting ourselves, because at the end of the day, if we take radical responsibility for the things that we do, there's no one to blame and there's no one to shame. It's only our decisions, our choices that create our outcomes. So if we don't trust ourselves enough to become who we need to become and make the choices that we need to make in order to become that person, if we don't trust ourselves enough to do the things we know we must do, then we can never really truly have what it is that we desire and that what it is that we deserve. And if we wanna take it just a little step further to answer your question, what I love to do is I love to teach people how to trust themselves. I love to teach people how to trust themselves in four key areas of their lives. Trust themselves enough to become the person who will do the things that must be done in order to have the body that they want. To become the person who must do the things that they know they must do in order to have the spiritual connection that they deserve, whatever that means 
to become the person, trust themselves to become the person who must do the things they know they must do to be a good partner, to be a good father, to be a good son, to be a good fam friend and family member. And, and finally, to become the person who must do the things they know they must do in order to have the business that they deserve, to be able to serve at the highest level, to be able to make, keep, grow, and give money, really, at the end of the day with business. And so that's what my programs do. And that's what it is that I'm gearing with this book. It's really helping people to gain the, the clarity that they need, the commitment that they must have, to leverage the creativity that they have inherently and that I, I believe that we all have, and then to use those things to create the certainty in their lives in order to trust themselves and to have other people trust them as well to do the things that they know they must do in order to have what they desire and deserve. You really, um, you touch on something that um, I personally have been affected with and uh, <clears throat> the close circle of of people that are within my life have also experienced, and I'm sure a lot of people have experienced it, but really to be able to dive deep into the question who I must become in order to mm -hmm. achieve X. Mm -hmm. It was, it was really difficult for me because it was like, I was telling myself a fallacy, like, okay, I understand that I have to be this guy, but I'm not him right now. How do I get in that mindset? How do mm -hmm. I start preparing myself? Um, on a day-to-day -day basis uh, to, to become the person that I must become. Do you have any thought to, to that question? Yeah, that's, that's, that's self-image, right? Yeah. And mindset, you touched on it right there. You know, every day, if you can wake up and say, who, who am I going to be today? How am I gonna show up today? It's a powerful question that leads to powerful answers. And the thing is, is that when it comes to our self-image, it is so vitally important that we are aware of it, that we are willing to be honest enough with ourselves, honest enough to go to those dark places, to look where we don't want to look, whether it's in the mirror at our bodies, or whether it's internally in our spiritual connection, or whether it's in our relationships with our significant other, our children, our family, our friends, or whether it's in our business, how we keep, make, keep, grow, and give money. Because if we don't understand and if we don't become consciously aware of our self-image and we allow our self-image to be low, it's just like a thermostat. Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how much money we make. doesn't matter how much people like us, they clap for us or whatever. Like a thermostat, we are always going to return back to our base temperature that we're set at. Right. That's why you see people who have diets, right? They can lose 50, 60 pounds and they da, 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 but they don't work on their mindset. They don't work on their beliefs. They don't work on their self internal self image. And what happens with most diets? Most people not only gain the weight that they lost, but then gain an additional 10, 20, 30 pounds on top yep. of that. Why? Because they don't deal with the internal things that are going on. So, and the mindsets that they have, right? And so I, I think that you really touched on something. You know, the, the question of who must I become is the doorway that when we open it, it leads us down the path to, oh, I must examine all of these things that I have been being, all these beliefs that I've had, all of these actions that I have been taking, and then look at the outcomes, look at all of the, the, the 
the relationships that I've created or destroyed because of my actions, because of my thoughts, because of my beliefs, and, and be willing to get clear and go there and say, does this person that I have been being or that I'm currently being serve my larger vision? Would and, you, sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah. And I just, I, just to wrap it up, it's like, and then that from that place of clarity, you can really truly step by step by step create not change, right? Because that diet yeah. again, 120 pounds or 120, but 320 pounds down to 200 pounds, right? Is change. Most diets create change. But when you don't actually transform who you are on the inside, that change can come and go, right? Change versus transformation. Change. I can be 320 down to, to 200. Great. But unless I transform myself into a person who desires to be at 200, who makes choices of someone who is at 200 pounds, who um, uh, uh, takes care of themselves in the way and thinks that way at 200 yeah. pounds, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to continue to fluctuate. Right. So that's my, that was my point. <laughs> no, 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 totally. And, and I love it. I actually wanted you to, um, expand on it. I was going to ask if um, I, I feel like a lot of the understanding of the things that you have done that hasn't worked to get you to become the person that you want to become. Do you believe like it was all really boiled down to at least some semblance of self-awareness? Like being yeah. able to be at least aware that, hey, I have been eating the way I've been eating and I'm not getting the body that I want. Yeah. You know, 100%. I, th I think, you know, the method that I use and that I've created is called unbreakable confidence. And it's all about developing four key skills and applying those four key skills to four key areas of your life. So the four key skills are clarity, commitment, creativity, and certainty. And then we take those and we apply each of those to our bodies our body, our spirituality, our relationships, and our business. So let's just, again, your example of body, let's take body. Okay. So if we were to apply unbreakable confidence, which creates the foundation that you can build the life of your dreams on, or the body of your dreams in this case, um, we would start with that clarity. And we would get very clear on the facts, the measurable data. You cannot create change in your body. And this is why Jenny Craig and those programs are so successful because what do they do? They say, where are you right now? Not how do you feel? That's lovely. We'll get to that. No, where, what are you eating? What are the, what is the numbers, the caloric intake of what you're eating right now? Data. How much do you exercise? Okay, based upon your height and your weight, what are the amount of calories that you burn? Oh, you eat 3,000 calories in a day, but you sit on the couch and only burn 1,000? Then that's an extra 2,000 calories that's going somewhere on your body. Of course, those numbers are ridiculous, but my point being that like, they're ridiculous numbers. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. breathing, I think is like a thousand calories a day. But yeah. like the point being, you get to understand the clarity in the facts of where you are. Because far too often, especially in social media, we get caught up in vanity metrics. We get caught up in likes and follows. But guess what? Try and go to your local 
convenience store and pay with something, pay for something with likes. They look at yeah. you crazy. Yeah. Hey, that okay, yeah, that that pack of gum is is a dollar fifty. Oh, okay, great. Um, I've got a million people who follow me on Instagram. Okay, that's great, but I, I need a dollar fifty for that thing. No, 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 no. I'm gonna I, this they're not worth anything no. just by themselves, mm-hmm. right? Vanity metrics that often soothe our ego, or if they're not where they want us to be, it crushes our ego versus facts and measurable data, things that are real. And so when it comes to the first pillar of understanding how to create transformation in your life and not just change, it comes down to clarity, which is, which is what you touched on there. Like, okay, I'm, I'm eating right, but I'm not losing the weight or gaining the weight that I want to gain. Well, eating right, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? No, it's getting in, in touch with the facts of the measurable data, right? And that goes to spirituality. That goes with relationships. You know, spirituality is how much, how many times do I pray a day or how much do I meditate for how long? Relationships, how much quality time am I spending with my people? Business is probably the easiest one, right? We have accounting that covers all of that, right? Those measurable, measurable data. And then from there, we go into feelings. Then we ask ourselves what our focus has been. And then we see, okay, based on the facts, the feelings, the focus, what is my fruit, AKA the outcome of where I am right now. And the problem is, is that most people are not willing to be honest with themselves about where they are today. We get caught in this future sort of, yeah, you know it. We get caught in this future sort of, you know, uh, what is it? December 31st at about 11.58 PM every year. We're like, you know, 11.59 and 30 seconds. We're like 29. And we're like, yeah, this next year is going to be awesome. And you have all these vague visions about what your body's going to be like your business. I'm going to do this with my family. I'm going to go here. I'm going to, I'm going to pray more. I'm going to meditate more. I'm going to go to church, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. And it's this vagary that does not not take into account where you are at 11:59 p.m. on December 31st who you are being what you believe the lack of clarity and commitment and creativity and and certainty in your life now which is why around February most of our our new year's resolutions fall apart Mm-hmm. because we don't take into account where we are right now and the, the measurable facts and the data of where we are. And we're not honest with ourselves about where we are because only when we get honest about where we are and we get in touch with the feelings, probably negative about where we are now, can we get passionate about where we want to be instead? And then that passion those feelings that, oh my God, I'm so much more than this. I'm so much better than this is one of the, the steps in the bridge that will get us over that failure that ends up happening with most people uh, between the months of January and February when they have their New Year's resolution, right? We then go from that crystal clarity into creating commitment and truly committing to that vision, that future version of ourselves. 1000% because what, what ends up happening is that after the like I, I used to see it all the time, I would go in the gym, the first month, month and a half, there was an influx of, of mem- of people coming into the gym that I've never seen before. And then slowly, but surely they start dying down and goes back to like just being normal. So you have this influx of, of people that want to get healthy and this, that, and the other, but it's such a short, short time frame. It's like this 
it's like, like you said, this is vague. Like if you have vague goals and a vague vision, then what do you think is going to happen? You know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to get healthy next month. Cool. What are you doing to plan on getting healthy next month? Yeah. What what are the steps involved? I love that. I absolutely love that. I wanted to ask. So a lot of this stuff that you're talking, your formula, um, this, uh, this, this protocol that you developed, um, you're going to touch on that in your book. That's going to be launched when? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of writing it now. So okay. Okay. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to promote it. I mean, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I would love that too. Um, I would say sometime in September, uh, I'm looking to launch the book. Um, but yes, absolutely. 100%. I'm going to go through clarity, facts, feelings, focus, fruit through commitment, which is define, decide, declare, and direct creativity, play process, protect, push certainty, consistency, course correction, compounding, and celebrating. And that is the formula that when you put it together, and again, when you apply that crystal and the the most important pillar, and the reason why you see people influx into the gym, and then a few months later go out is because people don't get clear on not only where they are, but who they are, which Mm. brings us back to that question of who am I being? now and who must i become in order to um have the things that i desire and it's that question that question alone dear listener if you can take that in and really truly ask yourself that who am i being today and if i desire this thing if i desire more money if i desire more uh, of a connected relationship with my kids my spouse my family my friends if i desire more of a connection with god allah yahweh whatever it is you want to call it if i desire the body of my dreams who must i become because i cannot have it thinking the way that i think now behaving the way that i behave now maybe not tracking the metrics in my life the way I don't track them now. I cannot be the person I am now and have that thing with certainty and lasting unless I become someone bigger, someone better, someone who uh, is in alignment with the uh, energy (laughs) of that thing that I desire. I I can't agree more. This has been so far absolutely incredible. uh, like I'm, I'm learning a lot from this, and and this is a, this is a, a subject industry that I have really dove headfirst in for the last twenty years of my life. But there, like, there's always so much to learn, and there's always some things that you can take. And I love how systemic and almost, I don't want to say simple because it's not necessarily easy. But you've, you've really, uh, it's, it's very clear how you break it down. And that's really, really nice because, you know, um, it can get pretty confusing, you know, especially when you're trying to, de- to develop some sort of awareness of yourself. And, and I can speak from experience that I think a lot of people are afraid because um, I was to really ask myself that question and to really come to terms with who I was at that point. I mean, yeah. I broke down. Yeah. I was not happy with who I was. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Yeah. So that's absolutely. That's that. I mean, and that's it. It's the start that stops most people. Yeah. And unless we are willing to go to the dark places safely, 
go to the dark. And what, but what does that mean, right? Safely go to the dark places in our, our, our lives. Mm -hmm. Because, and what I love to tell my students is like, look, everything you desire, the body of your dreams, the spirituality relationship with your, either your spirit, yourself, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, the relationship or relationships of your dreams with your significant other, your kids, your family, your friends, and the business of your dreams, everything that you desire in those areas is waiting for you just on the other side of failure. Anybody who has built, created anything of substance has built that thing, created that thing on the back of massive failure. It is, it is part of the process but most people see it as the destination. Mm -hmm. And whether it's from a, a muscular stand, think about, think about muscles, right? How do we build muscle? We lift a weight to what? To failure. We must tear down the muscle fibers, and I'm, I'm not a trainer, but I know enough to know, we've got to break down muscle fibers as we lift weights to failure, we can't lift them anymore. And then we have to feed our bodies with protein, with things that help build back those muscle fibers stronger, bigger, leaner than they were before. Mm -hmm. hmm. So let's take that principle and apply it to anything we want. Okay, I must do this thing. I must you know, and then the body easy. I must lift weights to failure or run until I, I feel like, or swim until I feel like I can't do it anymore safely, obviously. I must sit and I must meditate or I must pray until that, uh, I just can't sit still anymore. Maybe I can't. I've got to keep trying to speak with my child who I, ha I don't have that great relationship with. I've got to keep reaching out to my wife and making deposits with her, making an investment of quality time with her. Maybe sometimes she doesn't even want to have anything to do with me. Maybe sometimes as often with teenagers, and, you know, sometimes my dog, she doesn't want to have anything to do. I'm uh, dad, come on. Mm-hmm. I must continue to refine my message, continue to place as much value as I can out into the marketplace in my business and continue to seek out how I can serve at the highest level and to fail and to fail over and over again at all of those things I just mentioned. Because within that failure, if I am open, if I embrace failure and say, oh, this is part of the process, not the destination that stops me, then I understand that as oh, I can't run anymore, my feet are so sore, why is my shoulder hurting? I realize that, oh, maybe my technique is a little off. Maybe I need to hire a trainer that's going to help me do this properly. Oh, and you get beyond that failure. Oh, you know what? I'm going to download Insight timer, which is a free app. And I'm going to do guided meditation that I know is 15 minutes where somebody is telling me exactly what to do, exactly what to visualize, when to breathe and all of that until I truly understand how to do it myself. I'm going to keep trying different things with my child, with my wife, my spouse, my, my children, my family rather, 
until something clicks. And I'm going to keep putting out my message. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying different things on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on wherever I can. I'm going to do video. I'm going to do, I'm going to keep, keep going. And I'm going to ask people, hey, what is your biggest challenge with XYZ? And I'm going to study and I'm going to, I'm going to keep going, right? I'm a higher business coach, whatever. You get my point. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going long here. But the thing is, is that that failure is what stops most people from actually ever succeeding in the first place. But those who know, or those who are ignorant enough, like most of us are when we get into in entrepreneurial, <laughs> if you told me that, that the entrepreneurial journey would be as hard as it's been for me, I probably never would have done it. Nope. But right, yeah. But those of us who have had success, who are on the pathway to success, understand that failure is a part of the process. And when we embrace it, we learn from it. And when we learn from it, we get bigger. And then the legacy becomes whether we're, you know, if we think of the path, the entrepreneurial journey is a path up the mountain, right? Whether we're 25% up the mountain, 50, 75% up the mountain, we can turn back and know that there are people who have not even started yet, who are still at the base camp, trying to fiddling with their gear. There are people who are 25, there there are people who behind us, who we can serve at the highest level. Because we know at least one more thing that they don't know. Mm-hmm. And there we can create legacy as we're marching up the hill. And those people, again, are going to teach us things that maybe we didn't even know along the way. So <laughs> that's, my, that's my, my diatribe on embracing failure, because that is how ultimately you achieve the kind of success. And those who can withstand failure more failure, those who are willing to be honest and go to that place of pain that we've been talking about, those dark places safely, of course, right, I would encourage right. you, right? Those who can do that and withstand the most amount of pain and understand who am I being today, going back to our theme, who am I going to be when life comes and hits me upside the head? Am I going to be somebody who falls apart and crumbles? Or am I going to be somebody who feels the pain? And yes, it hurts. And yes, I may fall down. But am I going to be that person who gets up and says, I'm going to keep going? Because every time you choose to keep going, when life knocks you down, the numbers the numbers get smaller and smaller, right? You start with 100% of people at the beginning of the journey and those who get up, 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 up until eventually you're in that rarefied air. Mm-hmm. Right? Amen <laughs> to that. Right? I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like having to be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's like, yes, you're almost like, eh, is what it is. Like, this is just part of the process. It's like finding acceptance in that. And yes. then you just, it, you know, and that's why I think entrepreneurs are called crazy because- yeah. Because they're like, what, why would you torture yourself? Well, it's not torture. It's like, just like you said, with the analogy with, with growing muscle tissue, you have to damage the tissue in order for it to grow, but you also have to feed it the right nutrient contents. Otherwise nothing's going to happen. It's not going to be able to repair itself. So you can't just do one or the other. It's got to be both. I love it. Love it, man. Yeah, brother. This is so dope. This is one of the coolest freaking episodes ever this year. Awesome, man. Not, not, not to time. take away from all the other guests. It's been phenomenal. I love the lineup. But man, this has been, for me personally, right? Like this is a selfish, 
<laughs> interview for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. No, and and the cool thing for me is that when the more and more I talk about this, the more and more I learn too. I mean, that's the beauty of being a coach or being a teacher. Yeah. Right. It, it's just like the more that you teach, the more that you learn, and the more these these concepts become more solidified in my mind, and. I love, love, love having these conversations because I just feel like I grow and I, I find out, oh, here's a better way to say that. Mm-hmm. Here's a better way to do that, to try that. So this is as much fun for me as it is for you. You, you got a few more minutes. I just have like one yeah. more question for you. Sweet. Let's go, yeah. So I, um, I wanted to ask how you can, I have a lot of couples that listen to my show. They've been married for, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, for a few years, all the way up to like a couple decades. And, um, you know, men in particular who are struggling with their wives, they, you know, they have, they have relationships where like kind of what you were saying earlier, like, what is it that you have to figure out in order to make those daily deposits? Like, I remember it was a big resistance for me with my own wife to send these deposits. I was sending random text messages, date nights, things like that. But for the first few months, there was a lot of resistance. It almost, for her, it was like, um, uh, it wasn't authentic. It wasn't sincere. Yes. Felt forced. How do you get past that? How do you get to a point where like, I'm trying to do this because I want to, and I want to build our relationship, you know? 100%. I love this. It totally makes sense to me. And I love this topic because, you know, as as men, we often end up becoming one to two dimensional douchebags. Yeah. I'm sorry if that's, that's not a, is that okay to say that on the show? You can, you can say you could swear up a storm on, on this call. Does it okay, matter? So we become one to two dimensional douchebags, right? Like yeah. either we are like making the bacon and we're amazing at business. And this is why I talk about those four key areas, right? Your body, your spirituality, your relationships, your business. How do you have it all? Hmm. Oh, well, look, I'm, I'm killing the game in business, right? I'm making money. I'm keeping money. I'm growing the money. I'm giving money. I'm tithing. I'm doing whatever it is that I do. Right. But, oh, uh, I spent all my time in the office or, oh, I spent all my time on my cell phone, you know, looking at, uh, uh looking at KuCoin or whatever, buying Bitcoin, whatever it's like, you know what I mean? Like, and, oh, so I wonder why my relationship's falling apart. I wonder why I'm getting this gut. I wonder why I have zero connection to God or spirituality or anything like that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, and then there's other guys, dudes, um, who are like, you know what? Spending all their time in the gym. They look amazing, right? I look dope. I spend all my time in the gym. But again, it's like my business is falling apart because I'm not marketing and advertising and I'm not spending the time that I need to spend sitting at my desk or on my phone or wherever that is. My relationships with my, my spouse, my kids are falling apart because all I want to do is just exercise, right? My body looks great. Or you're one of those dudes who's like, you know, business body. But where we find the challenges most as men is business and relationships, mm-hmm. right? That's the big killers for guys. Because what you know, are the stereotypical man is the one who's supposed to make the money and supposed to blah, blah, blah. And I know that's changed, thank goodness, right? And it's more expanded now. But when it comes to relationships, when it comes to men and our feelings, even today, we still suffer from a... Uh, mindset and a mentality that was placed upon us and that has been the systematic 
deadening and I would even say sedation of men for the past 100 years. And I won't go too deep into this, but I'll just say this much, right? We, we used to have an agrarian society where mom and dad and son lived in the same house and there was a balance between masculine and feminine energy with the, with the father and the son and the son, I'm sorry, and the father and the mother. And the son would go out with the father and the, the father would teach the son for better or worse at those times, right? How to be a man, mm-hmm. learned how to work, learned how to pray, learned how to, you know, in, in the good situations, learned how to take care of a woman and their mother, respect women. And then the industrial revolution happened. And men, instead of being at home all day, working the land, doing quote unquote, honest work with their kids, men then went off to factories and it was the places that their sons could go mm-hmm. because it was too dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it began to fracture the balance of masculine and feminine. And then, oh, we had mothers who were raising the sons, mothers who were teaching our boys how to be men. That's one part of it, right? And then along comes World War I, World War II, where men were taken and told, your feelings will get you killed. In order for you to kill another man, you've got to cut off your feelings. You've got to cut off your fear. And you have got to point and shoot or take direction. And so generations of men we're taught that feelings will get you killed, literally. And then they brought that home. Mm-hmm. And they taught other generations of men that, you know, you got to don't cry. You got to hold it in. And blah. God forbid, you know, I don't, I, I would never go to a therapist. I'd lose my job. And people did lose their jobs. We were taught that feelings were dangerous as men. And now here we are in 2021, barreling towards 2022 in a world where gender is now fluid, where we're we're being asked to feel all these things. And we do feel all these things. And COVID has changed our world. And we've watched our family members and our friends die or become irrevocably changed. And so we have all this stuff coming at us and, and, and women are demanding that we step up to the plate. And it's hard because we've been trained, taught, trained, and educated that our feelings, and it's changed. And I, I know I'm kind of painting this in a very black and white sense. It's changed, but we have been taught, trained, and educated for the better part of a hundred years that our feelings will get us killed and that we shouldn't feel and that we should suppress and repress. And we're coming out of that, thank goodness. But those of us who have said, okay, in my relationship, I don't want to be that one to two dimensional douchebag. I want to connect on a deep and intimate level with my wife, my queen. I'm going to go for it. But you've been married for 10 years. And for the past 10 years, you've been a douchebag. <laughs> you've been a disconnected douchebag. So do you blame your woman for being like, Pfft. oh, you've been sending me a text? for two weeks, good for you. Great. Uh-huh. But therein lies that challenge that we talk about with failure. If you really, truly want to become someone or something different, to have something different, then again, you must 
think differently, behave differently, and push through the failures of the past and the way that you've trained other people to see you. Okay, great. So how do you break through? The, your question was, how do you break through that disconnection? How do you break through the education that you have given your wife over the past, you know, what, however long it is that you've been together? You put your head down and you keep going forward. And that starts with willing to understand one major concept, which I think I really is the answer to this question. I mean, I, I gave you a history lesson and all, but the answer to this question Beautiful. really is to understand one thing. I am a liar. You are a liar. We are all liars. There's a, a wonderful program for men that I've, and, and women that I've been a part of for a couple of years now. And it's called Wake Up Warrior, led by a man, Garrett J. White. Yeah, you know, you probably hear the book, right? Hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> right. For, for your listeners, I'll keep going. And, and the very first thing that we are taught in that program as men, boom, yeah, be the man, right? Look, hold that book yeah. up one more time. Hold the book, the Be the Man book up. What's it say? Stop lying. It's called the code, right? Yep. Stop. They say, stop effing lying. Start telling the truth. That is the code that if you do not live by that code as a man, because again, we're taught to lie, hide, suppress, repress. But if you do not start telling the truth to yourself, first of all, <laughs> about where you're at in your body, your spirituality, your relationships, your business, whatever that is, you cannot possibly become someone else, someone different, someone bigger, someone better. And so it starts with being able to tell yourself the truth and to go to those dark places, AKA your pit in your body, in your relationships, right? Can you tell your wife the truth? And if she's like, this, what, two weeks? You've been sending me texts every single day? Eh. Can you tell her the truth about how that makes you feel? Can you tell her the truth of like, look here, I'm, I'm just, this is what I'm trying to do. And I know it doesn't feel, can you, can you begin to break the bonds and the chains and the, you know, break down the wall that you put between yourself and your spouse? And yes, texts are great. And yes, date nights are great. And those are all deposits that you make. But when you're, it's like the bank account, you know, your negative 10 grand, it's going to take more than $5 a day yep. get you back yep. to zero you know what i mean yeah yeah so, like, that's a great way of like, saying it that's a perfect analogy yeah, right yep. so it's like you've been in in relationship debt for so long you think five dollars is gonna get you out of it no but you must continue to invest 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 and then eventually you'll get back to a place of zero and from that place then you can build the relationships of your dreams. And then what's real interesting is that we get back to the whole thing that we're talking about, which is trust. Mm -hmm. Then from, for, for uh, you know, man or, or woman, whatever, whoever it is, is your significant other. I mean, then we get to a place of, oh, this mofo's for real now. Oh, okay. And guess what? 
that then there becomes compound interest at that point, because then your wife or your significant other starts investing with you. And then you're both investing. And then, then that's when you see significant gains in your relationship, <laughs> you know, price point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh yeah. 1000%. Yeah. yeah. 1000%. That yeah. was the most brilliant, most eloquent way it could be a put like that was just great and 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 i think i think it's going to click with guys because guys are so logical right yeah absolutely hey, you're making deposits man like you're at negative ten thousand right now you're not even at zero yet like yeah. you got to keep going yeah and then it comes down to again confidence yep can you trust yourself enough to do what must be done to have what it is that you want to have so that other people will trust you enough to then build with you in that vision. That's, that's a relationship right there, you know? Amen. And two people who, who are confident, who trust in themselves, who recognize their own self-worth, that's, that's unstoppable right there. That's power couple. It, it really is because at that point, you're just, it's like pure synergy. Yeah. You know, like you don't even have to worry anymore. You don't have that little fleeting little light of doubt that just kind of yeah hangs in well, the back of your head. I think, I think you have it. I think we'll always have it, but it's like, it's like, you know, when you're at your desk and you're listening to the radio yeah. and you're working and yeah, clacking away. Right. And you're like, Oh, you come in at the chorus of a song you really like, but you didn't hear the beginning of the song. It was there. It was playing. Yeah. But like, like that, but, Oh, but then you don't recognize until you actually pay attention to it. Well, doubt's kind of like that too. Every single time I step onto the stage, my, my brain's like, you're going to, you're going to F this up. You're, you're, you're really, they don't buy anything that you're saying. This is a bunch of bullshit. No. And I, but I don't hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I hear it and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I turn the knob down and it becomes background noise. Right. And then, and, and then sometimes it'll jump out and say, mm, maybe this is going a little long or, oh, maybe you need to pivot here. Or, uh, you know, then it becomes instinct and it becomes uh, uh, something that helps me to course correct if I need to course correct instead of something that actually drags me down. So temptation is everywhere. You can be in the best relationship ever. You can mm -hmm. be out date night and that waitress comes up and she's kind of fine, right? You can be tempted to look a little too long. Temptation's everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. But I like to think of it like walking down the street, right? On one side of the street, there's light, right? There are lamps. On the other side of the street, there's darkness. And that old version of you, whether it's your body, whether it's your spiritual connection, whether it's the old you in relationship, the old you in business, it's always like, hey, hey, come on, man. Yeah, I got something for you. It'll always be there. But who must I be today? How must I show up? Am I going to walk on the light side? Or am I going to go play over there in the dark side? And the more clear you can be about, oh, oh I, I, the, I know what the outcomes are of, of playing on the dark side. And that does not serve me. And I do not like it. And I know what the outcomes and I'm committed to the outcomes. And I've, I've leveraged my creativity to create the certainty that keeps me on the light side of the street. Then you're just like, yeah, what's up, man? And you keep walking. But the temptation will always be there. Agreed. Yeah. This was 
this has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, brother, my pleasure. Like, I am so grateful that you were able to hop on the call, man. That was great. Yeah, of course. Go to habitsofthefew.com.